0: Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps of Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me your host Stefan F. Another fantastic day for an interview. And uh, this guest today is, uh, I I had him on my, my radar for quite some time, we couldn't get together. And now finally, it is becoming reality. Because Ken McKimsey Middleton uh, is a man who shares the the core belief with me that alcohol is not your friend. That's for sure. And he is the author of Bamboozled, uh, his uh, beautiful book coming out actually very soon. So I can't wait to hear more about Ken. Ken, welcome to my show. Stephen, thanks for
1: having me. Um, much better to do this at 2.30 in the afternoon instead of 2.30 in the morning. So <laughs> I'm glad that. we got our time right with the time zones here.
0: Oh, please. It is always so, it's so tricky. Uh, it is time zones are a bitch. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, uh, it is happening. Here is Ken, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> but be, before you became um, a force to be reckoned with, um, why did you, how did you get into the alcohol? What was alcohol originally doing for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, Stephen, it's pretty much <laughs> what you share with a lot of your guests on Steps to Sobriety. It is, it is that friend, and this is where it comes to the, 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 uh, medium publication enough. It seems like alcohol was one of my best friends, uh, I discovered, uh, him in college, and was someone who, a little shy with the females, may not have been the coolest guy out there, if you will. And so when I drink, I started drinking I was 19, I recognized that I was a different person. I was everything that I, in my mind, I wanted to be the cool guy, the guy that could, was funny, the guy that was, uh, was confident when I drink, that I wasn't when I didn't drink. And so from those nights at the age of 19, I drink for another 19 years and typically alcohol was that person or that thing that could always get me over the hump if I was afraid to do something, Uh, it would allow me to live life to the fullest they'd say work hard play hard, that was something that I did, and it was just that constant person by my side that always was always was there to help me live an amazing life. I didn't recognize however, until I was 38. And I look back on it, how much it was hindering my future as opposed to aiding my future. And that's where of came from, from the final recognition, and um, realization of that.
0: Beautiful. I mean, some of us have been high functioning alcoholics, Mm-hmm. which is an oxymoron in its own right. <laughs> and you say so. alcohol was not your friend. Were, do you describe to the notion of being an alcoholic?
1: Well, and yeah, so that comes a lot to where I, uh, my philosophy, I, I would say no, I'm just going to be straight up with you. It, it'd be funny, one of the books and one of the first phrases in Bamboozled is, this book is not for alcoholics. Manila, let me explain that and I'll just be very clear. I didn't never subscribe myself to the concept of an alcoholic because for me... I wasn't to the point in which alcohol I felt like was something that I couldn't stop. It was something that I had stopped a few times before, dry January and I had 90-day stints, what have you. Um, but the reason I say I wasn't an alcoholic because I my focus isn't for people that are addicted. Because I, because there are people that are addicted, of course, they need to get help. They need to, um, they need to look at themselves and need to go to rehab or what have you. And that's true. But there's also a huge set of people who wouldn't say they are addicted, who also need to look at their habits and look at their behaviors. And I felt like I fell into that category. Now, I will say, Stephen, I may have been on my way to becoming an alcoholic 100% because i if you look at the behaviors of people that are starting to become dependent on alcohol, I was getting there in a sense of drinking consistently, binge drinking on the weekend, and there's no doubt that I potentially could have been that three to four or five years from now. I felt like I was lucky enough, however, that I caught it before I got there. And that's why I wrote bamboozle because it really is a warning to say, hey, you shouldn't have to hit rock bottom to say maybe the
0: alcohol isn't serving me. And that's okay. what I really want to press upon. Beautiful, beautiful distinction. Because I mean, some people call it gray drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, some there, there are a number of, of, of descriptions on, and labels for that. Um, it is, however, that is... Um, I have come to that. I was about to say that is the, the perfect way for the alcohol industry to actually sell so now, drink responsibly. Yes. Therefore, putting the onus on the guy or the girl out there. So it's not the, the problem that they are introducing very, very attractive poisons. Uh, in new packaging every single day, but actually, no, 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 putting all the owners onto the people. So if the people don't actually realize that there is a problem, that they are being laid uh, or let down the garden path, shall I say, uh, by the the advertising uh, that is happening all around us, then people have no idea. Yep. And the, the problem is it's interesting how you distinguish this great drinking from being an alcoholic. Let's do some tests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I ask you four questions. Yes or no is a simple answer. Um, have you ever at, and, and now I'm asking the guy, the, the 37 year old. Okay. <laughs> so, so just a year out before you're for before becoming clear, hang on, I want to change. Um, do you feel that sometimes you you really want to cut down on the amount of drinking? No. Interesting. Have you felt uh guilty of drinking too much? Probably no.
1: Interesting. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's what I'm telling yeah.
0: you. Do you get angry when others say that you're drinking too much? No. And then the last one is the eye opener. Uh, do you sometimes use alcohol in the morning to get over a hangover? No, definitely not. Well, see, you would have scored zero. And therefore, that is pretty much unlikely that I would put you into the alcohol use disorder uh, kind of group. Interesting. And, and and that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. If you actually look at the statistics, it's at least one in four, if not one in three, of people in a Western society are chemically addicted, and the mm. biggest chemical will be uh, will be alcohol in in many societies. So, therefore, there is this group there uh, where we can actually say, "Whoa, this is actually really, hello, need to stop, or <laughs> need to do something." Uh, and mm-hmm. then there is all the rest where alcohol is playing such a huge role in their life without them actually knowing it. So and that is exactly the group that you actually now addressing, Beautiful. and that's what I
1: tell people, Stephen. Like, and that's where it's interesting because when I read all the books, I wrote a, an, an article on Anaf, and the article was I hate quit lit, and not that I hate it. I use hate in quotation because I don't hate it. I love it. I be mean, Any Graces, The Naked Mind is one of the reasons that I definitely gave up drinking for good, and some of the other great books by Craig Beck and William Porter and and and. um, just great books, right? Sober diaries. I've read a lot of them, so I really do love them. But what I when I say I hate them is because many times they tell the story of the rock bottom. They tell the story. If you look at listen to Annie Grace's story of how she wasn't there for her kids and how there was a picnic that she couldn't remember and things of that nature. I didn't have those situations, Stephen. My life was actually amazing because of drinking. Like. I have done some of the most, like when I, and I don't, and I tell people this all the time, I don't regret the 19 years that I drank. I don't like those were some of the best years of my life. However, I do wish there were times that I would have learned this lesson sooner. And my problem with drinking was my life was too good with drinking because I was able to go out, drink all night, have a good time, come home, wake up the next day. And to your point, subfunctional, um, prime, I was able to function as an alcoholic. Like I, it didn't affect my ability to do my job. Like, cause some people, they look at how well, successful your career, how much money do you have in the bank? And when they see they, they are doing these things well and their family's not suffering, they're like, I don't have a problem. But for me, there was something there that I had to recognize and it, it, it helped. I just had to
0: wake up. To recognize that i could life could be better without it so i mean l- let's be clear here you're saying you had the time of your life what the
1: hell would you change that's that's the thing that is why so there and but there are people and this is what i tell people because there, I, there actually is an age Stephen, and i don't care how much you drink prior you should probably stop drinking completely at that age because it hurts you so much but Alcohol for people think it's okay to do regardless because as long as you're not um, subscribing to that group, but it hurts you even when you don't realize it subtly in so many ways. And I tell people, like I don't consider myself an addiction coach or an addiction expert, because I'm first of all, I'm not, but I'm more so about wellness. It's about you being your best, complete self. And for me, and I think for a lot of other people, I just don't think it's possible for you to be completely holistically well and drink alcohol on a consistent basis. And that's what I focus on.
0: Exactly. Um, I 100% agree with every statement you've made. Having said that, what made you change? Why do you think your life yeah. is now different? And it, we have d- we've defined you not as an alcoholic, at least by one measure, which is the cage questionnaire. Um mm-hmm. we may I ask in a week, how, how much would you have drunken? Oh man,
1: Stephen, a lot. So I I would have easily, I could probably tell you more so in
0: dollar amounts than mm. rather than drink
1: because i, couldn't I don't know the how drinks. expensive
0: the, the, the alcohol is in the states but yeah. give, give, it give it to me bring i give, it you, on. I give you a ballpark uh
1: two three hundred dollars a week easily in alcohol easily. drinking at home or drinking in in bars Co- combination of the two so yeah. let's say at home i would drink six pack of beer before I would go out mm. and then when i go out let's say just using me uh individually individually i would probably drink another Eight to ten drinks out. Yep. yep. So that's that's a lot of alcohol in, in that's a, a good one night out here, Man. Yes.
0: Yeah. I remember yes. that well. The preloading. Um. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. And with alcohol and the prices now going up, that is becoming more and more common. And of course, mm-hmm. people now mourn, more more well, with, with social isolation, with COVID rules, etc. It has become normal to drink at home, and yes. since no one is watching, um. Yep. Uh, even if you are working from home to have the zoom meeting and have a cup of coffee in your hand well no one looks in and sees that there is an amber liquid with a nice (laughs) uh, smell of vanilla and oak uh, sitting in there yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah
1: it's, it's it's more prevalent than ever and I think that's why I think you've seen a little bit more of the sober movement come into play because people have recognized that it got so bad during 2020 and hot 2021 that something needed to be done before mm-hmm. people really put themselves uh, in a bad situation.
0: Absolutely. And you're quite right. Um, I was playing devil's advocate with you um, uh, because I wanted you to, to share your conviction. And it was beautiful to hear that. And absolutely from a doctor's point of view. Um, I mean, there are so many cancers, there at least eight different cancers that are known to be feeding on alcohol. So they if you want to create a decent bowel cancer or breast cancer, etc. Yep, yeah, go ahead, drink like a fish. That's one way of making that much, much easier and more more reliably happen in your life. Um, so, and yeah. so many other reasons. So from a medical point of view, there is yeah. there is a lot of damage to be done. I mean, alcohol is a wrecking ball within the human system. And it's the tiniest little bloody uh, uh, molecule. So therefore, it's a sneaky ninja. It gets everywhere into every organ and fucks up with organ um, royally everywhere, everything. So no you're quite right you're quite right and what we now know in the last year there was a good meta analysis coming out where they actually looked at well what is the the harm line where how much can you drink before it gets damaging I'm sorry guys even a glass is doing harm so therefore we now know that every single glass of bubbly of wine of shot it doesn't matter which alcohol it is every single class is shortening your life full stop period fact so um if you are still living in a notion out there that oh but please red wine is good for you and a beer after a workout is very good especially guinness beer, beer it's so full of beautiful vitamins etc can you hear the alcohol industry talking? Make a low right? Work out and reward yourself with alcohol. That's right. So exactly. Ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. That's the new trend. The heart sells us. Um, the heart sells us. It's basically brilliant. If you think about it, let's let's. Let, how can we make money? Let me see. We have got alcohol, which is easy to produce. We have got water, carbon dioxide. Okay, that's easy. We have got a few tastes around. Hey, why don't we mix that? And why don't we label it as carb free? (laughs) There are no carbs. Therefore, you can drink as much as you want after your workout. It's good. (laughs) You know, friendly, of course. Man, (laughs) man. So, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, you and I, we are both singing from the same song sheet i mean we are preaching to the converted here to to amongst the two of us but hopefully by by people reading your book and by people learning more about you you and i are actually able to get out there and just take the blinkers of people's lives and just ask them the question you know is your life do you really live the life to the fullest that you could do so I'll tell you. when did, when did you stop drinking? When yeah, did the change happen? So what happened? Cause you had asked
1: like, what was the thing, right? So if my life is so great, why would I stop? So it was very fortuitous. And, and my, you know, my wife and I, we talk about, we don't, we're not, you're not super religious. We're not very like fate or anything like that, but things did kind of work out in a very interesting manner. So I left my company and my previous company as a sales director and to try to start my own company. So I did that for two, I was doing it for about 18 months and things were going decent, but not great. Now to your question earlier, when you was like, hey, have you ever drank and felt guilty? I've never felt guilty. I wouldn't say guilty, but I've always known that alcohol didn't allow me to be my best self the next day. Like I was given 70 or 80% the next day. And I always felt like, Pretty, probably pretty ridiculously that my 70, 80% was better than most people 100%. So I was fine. And I, that was the way I convinced myself it was okay. um But it wasn't fine, Stephen. And I was not doing well in my business, right? I wasn't where I needed to be. So I said, you know what? I don't want to go back to corporate America until I can 100% unequivocally say I've given everything. And I knew that I wasn't operating at 100% when I drink the night before. Yeah. So I said, what if I gave up alcohol and for three months, a, another stint and see how it went? Stephen, I made more money in those 90 days than I made it in the previous nine months. And when that happened, I said, you know what? There is something here that I need to lean into. And I was so three months turned into six months, six months turned into a year. And it was just compounding. Sleep was better. I was able to work out better. Relationships were better. Like everything was started to become better. And I was just like, holy shit. I wish I would have done this earlier. So as well as amazing I thought my life was with alcohol, yeah. I didn't recognize it could
0: be so much better without it if I just gave it a shot. Very nice. Oh, very nice. Exactly. That is that is what happens to so many people out there who are stopping drinking. The problem of course is that many of us are drinking because it changes our personality and we perceive mm-hmm. life to be easier with the alcohol. Sometimes there are social norms. Advertising was renowned in the 80s 90s. Mad Men, uh, if you go back to the 60s 70s, as a classic example, I mean, uh, you can't see an episode of Mad Men without a whiskey glass in their hand. Um, And it was um, it is alcohol has been uh, very out there as the norm Mm -hmm. in your in your life in your, in your old life, let's call it like that, Mm -hmm. um, was there, did you feel that there was a social pressure on you that you had to drink? 100%, 100%, even. Part of it was because the company that I worked for, no disrespect
1: for them, but they were sales organizations. And most sales organizations in which you are asked to take your clients out, schmooze them, dinner, it involves a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol, grease the skids, if you will. Mm. Um, will. And, um, and I did that. And that was kind of where my drinking went from being. I know there's no such thing as normal it's such an oxymoron when you say normal drinking but like moderate drinking to what I would consider excessive by most standpoints but it wasn't excessive when you looked at my peers because we all drink that much so yeah the social norms of drinking um, are so hardcore and I think what you said earlier around how uh, it helps you deal with things and it's easier, easier of life, if you will. People just have no sense of how much they are handicapping their ability mm. to truly deal with things because they're band-aiding it with alcohol. And that is one of the things that I didn't learn until I stopped drinking
0: mm. four years ago. Well, see, that's... I think the what you describe is such a common theme that happens for pretty much everyone who wants it to happen when they stop alcohol. When I say wants it to happen, you have to be willing to take on the demons that are within you. Because most Mm -hmm. of us have got trauma. Most of us have got good reasons that we want to escape our reality. And that could be anything from bullying in the past to a stressful life now to unfulfilling relationships, to extremes of sexual abuse as a child, etc. So the the, the list is endless um, of what can be trauma for you. And unfortunately, so many of us have that. And so many of us do not want to deal with that. So therefore, the alcohol becomes the perfect band-aid until the, the sauce are so festering underneath there that you need to drink more and more. And then finally, everything comes unglued. And that's probably good, because at least that that is the rock bottom that some people experience. Other people like you are fortitious that they really, that it comes to them, um, hey, why don't we actually see if I can't live a better life? And then you have transformed you changed you were able to take action steps into the right direction Um, one way or the other maybe I'm actually really pleased for you because you did it with 39 it took me to till 45 46 until I actually came unglued and now I'm on the same journey as you Um, we are both uh, experimenting with new us's with a new me and I feel privileged every day um, to explore a new day, a new me, uh, to have a privilege of choice. And I guess that is what you're alerting to. You, We all have got the same amount of seconds in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Some
0: of us, by drinking, just don't take the opportunity. So do you think your life is more intentional today?
1: Absolutely, Steven. And for me, in regards to what you're saying about, hey, the new you and the new version of you, I say that that I always call alcohol the great governor of life. And when I say governor, I would refer to like a car governor, a car mechanism that you, a governor, you put in a car that only allows it to go 60 uh, miles per hour, right? Like <laughs> UPS, you can only get so high. So what alcohol does, it may make your life fun and exciting, but you're only going to reach one, a certain level of success because alcohol hinders you in I'm so busy. many ways. When you remove the alcohol from your life and you take that governor away, yeah the sky is your ceiling and you can become so much more than you may have ever believed. And so I came up with the concept of a strategy to quit that I call the MEDS, M-E-D-S. And the last step of the MEDS is called success seeking. And the reason that last step is so important is because when you stop drinking, you have given yourself now the ability to do things that you could have never done with alcohol in your life. For that very reason to keep you focused on your future and to, to always prevent you from ever going back and relapsing, you need to then have much higher goals than your previous self had because your previous self could have never achieved certain things. Correct. But but now that you've taken the governor off man, you need to know that you can do anything. And by God, you need to actually run and try to do anything. So that way, as you see that success, you look back at your old stuff and say, man, there's no way I can ever go back to you because I'm so far ahead. And that's the mistake I think some people make when they stop drinking. They try just to live a normal life, in a, not to say normal, but they, they don't push themselves. And so eventually they get to a point in which they're not, they're not pushing themselves to achieve something amazing. So their life becomes kind of boring and they're like well I don't like go back and drink but they don't understand that they have the opportunity their ability now to do so much more so do so much more that your drinking self
0: couldn't do and then you'll recognize that going back is not an option anymore exactly and that is the the nearly intoxicating feeling of the new you Mm -hmm. because you're waking up not tired you're waking up okay fair call. I mean, life life still throws you challenges. Um, but now you suddenly are able to deal with these challenges in a very different way than maybe the 70% ability, 80% ability that you had uh, on the next day after after a nice night out. Um, mm-hmm. So I I absolutely agree with you. And I, I adore this new freedom that I found, the freedom of choice. That I'm not uh, driven by some screwed-up core beliefs and hampered by by my hangover or my alcohol, but actually now, if some shit happens, I have a choice. I can get angry if I want to. Right. Um, it's no longer my my go go to uh, emotion, the anger, but rather I can say, okay, actually, what is happening here is partially my fault. And maybe I've set myself up to fail in this setting. And I'm nowadays big and ugly enough to take it on the chin and say, actually, Stefan, you fucked up. And um, oh, that's cool. Um, and No need to be angry. And there are other times when it is really the incompetence of a person and of a, a institution or something like that, and that uh, puts you in a bad space. Okay, now I still have good a choice. I still can get angry if I want to. From now on then I do, and I can choose maybe not to. I can choose to say, "Well, okay, what can I learn out of that?" Um, and there are so many, so many new possibilities waiting for us. Absolutely. Nothing, and and I I love it that you said, "Hey, I I read so many books." Um, I think I always read books uh, throughout my life. Um, there was probably not many self help books I didn't read, but typically with a glass of Chardonnay in my hand. And So I read, I read them. Did I put them into action? Hell no. <laughs> so nowadays, we actually read something or hear something or go on a show, and suddenly you think, huh, what he said or what she said, that actually makes sense. I'll try that out. And so again, you're growing you are seeking out opportunities. You're seeking out that post-traumatic growth, that post-alcohol growth, PAG, post-alcohol growth. I like, I like, I like I it. I don't want anyone else. Yeah. Hey, we 2 use that. That's our new new buzzword, post-alcohol growth. <laughs> Officially,
1: you, it's been coined
0: by Stephen now today. Uh, no, no, by the two of us, by the two of us. Yes. That's a nice thing. We The opposite to addiction is connection. And that's what Mm -hmm. we are doing here. Man, we are bouncing ideas around. (laughs) And by you and me, uh, just being open and vulnerable, we are actually growing. And that is beautiful. That is what, what is waiting for those people who are buying your book, those people who are coming on board on our journey. And that is so powerful. That's a, I get a kick out of that when I'm talking to people like you because I know I'm not the only one who believes that we can make this world a better place. You're Absolutely. going out there. You have put considerable money in the production of your book, and you're because you know that your your message needs to be heard. And I strongly agree. So I can't wait to to read your book. When will it come out? So it's uh the digital version is going to be out in, in uh,
1: February, February, March, probably yep. late February, early March. So yep. people will be able to get that in the uh, official physical version will be in all bookstores, hopefully by August.
0: Beautiful and really we are recording this on the last day of 2022 and by yeah. the time your show airs it will be end of January for uh, beginning of February so it's perfect timing guys uh you will find all the links down there but can give us give us um an idea where can people find you if yeah. they want to know more about you
1: yeah, pretty much three ways, Stephen. enough um, uh, is my medium publication, a i n y f dot So they can always go there to check out all the great. Uh, Alcohol is not your friend him. if you can't exactly. remember it, guys. There you go. Exactly. And then the book, the bamboozledbook.com. So T-H-E bamboozledbook.com. You can go there, get on my list for an advanced reader copy, which I'm going to be releasing, uh, like I said, the digital version in February, March, and I will be releasing the first uh, chapter in the next couple of weeks. So get on that list and you'll be able to read the the first chapters. And then you can always find me at KenMMiddleton.com. So the M for my middle name, McKimsey,
0: KenMiddleton.com, one of those three places. Perfect. Guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and our podcast. Uh, All the info is there. Um, 2023 is our year, guys. 2020 was a bitch. 2021. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. 2022. (laughs) Okay, you know, all bad things come in freeze. It's done. It's done. Okay, 2023 is our year. Um, We all have gone through the darkness a bit through some shit. Now it's time to regroup. What can we learn from that shit? Can we, hopefully by now you guys have already put steps in place to hit the ground running in 2023. Um, If not, perfect. Now is the best time to take action. (laughs) Yesterday, sorry, it's gone. Tomorrow hasn't even happened yet. So right now, you can take action. So for example, you can check out Ken's uh, details, Can subscribe to his social media so that you get more uh, info coming through to you, know exactly when things are being released. You can do the same to me. And whilst you're down there looking, you might as well hit the subscribe and the like button. And if you're really cheeky, why don't you actually leave a review um, and say, hey, cool, I learned. What was the one thing that you learned from our discussion today, put it down there into the description of the video. And, you know, make us see that we are on the right path. Uh, Both Ken and me, we want to be out there for you. And the more you guys can give us a pat on the back or some constructive criticism, then the more we can grow. So now, Ken, you are an amazing man. Uh, I'm so pleased for your journey. I'm so pleased for you going out there and making this world a better place. This world needs it right now. I think you're the right man to help so many people out there. Uh, Well done, man. I'm so grateful that you came as a guest on my show. No problem. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's fantastic. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up, I never give up, I never give up, turning
1: around.